Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell, and I have COVID. I'm your host who just recovered from COVID, Ryan Key. Hey, I'm Nick. I once had COVID, but I don't have one COVID now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys don't give it to me internetedly. It was unfun. It's not good. It was quite unfun for me. Would you say... Because I would say it's the worst I ever felt when I had it. Like the worst I've ever felt in my life. Is it, mm-hmm. Have you ever been more sick than that? Oh, yeah. I, yeah? I If okay. I had not been vaccinated and, and boosted, I don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how to describe what that worst feeling would be really, but mm-hmm. I didn't have, it didn't come to that. Okay. But I did I did feel pretty bad. I mean, I definitely yeah. couldn't do anything or go anywhere. And But anyways, what, whatever. Just so much fun, this pandemic. So much fun, dude. everyone. I felt like... Boba looked when he came out of the Sarlacc and got all his <laughs> yeah. armor ripped off by the Jawas yeah. and laid in the desert. That's what I felt like yesterday. <laughs> all right. Speaking of, we're doing it. Day of reacting to the book of Boba Fett. We got the first chapter today. It's so sick. Let, I'm not going to waste any time. We're going to get straight into stolen plans and we're going to give our takes on this and it's going to be fun. Here we go. What have you done with those plans? The book of Boba Fett. Chapter one, Stranger in a Strange Land. Disney Plus description for the whole series is no longer a hired gun. Boba Fett reinvents himself on Tatooine alongside Fennec Shand. Chapter one, they describe as, as tradition dictates, (laughs) as few words as possible, Boba Fett holds court. Same intern. Yeah. Same intern. (laughs) Still hasn't been uh, promoted from the Bad Batch. Yeah. Doesn't get paid by the word, I guess it would be the best. <laughs> Probably making at least minimum wage. Yeah. <laughs> Released today at the time of this recording, December 29th, 2021, directed by Robert Rodriguez, written by John Favreau, starring, of course, Tamara Morrison as Boba Fett, Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shand, Matt Berry as droid UK2B, the voice at least. He plays Laszlo in What We Do in the Shadows. Super funny show. David Pascazi, uh, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering your name. He's a Twi'lek who, uh, I, I, I don't want to try to pronounce his name right now. Um, he's from Veep. Jennifer Beals is from Flashdance and The L Word. And Wesley Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel's nephew, plays the little Tuscan kid, which is dope. The music themes are by Ludwig Gornson, who we know from The Mandalorian. He's badass. But the score is by Joseph Shirley. What do you think that means? Music themes by Ludwig, but the score by Joseph. It, it means that he sat down on a piano and wrote a melody and said, that's Boba, that's Fennec, that's yeah. the mm-hmm. monster, whatever, and yeah. sent it off. And then someone incorporated those melodies into the score. Gotcha. But but Ludwig didn't actually com- mm-hmm. you know, compose all of the instruments and record them. He just wrote. It's like He's like a top line writer in pop music. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For this okay. score. Sick top liner. Because boo-doodle-doo, boo-doodle-doo. Yeah. Like, they just, they're like, yeah, just write what you write. Just do what you do. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I thought even though someone else scored it, it was very recognizable. I, I, I didn't, sure. yeah. didn't look it up till I saw the note, you know, a little bit ago today, but I immediately thought that sounds like they used Ludwig again. Mm-hmm. And here we are. 38 minute runtime. Pretty good. I would have liked an hour, but 38 minutes was good. Let's just get right into first impressions. Let's give our takes. Ryan, you want to go first? Um, I think for me, this treaded close to the line of like monster of the week. And I'm interested to see where it goes. You know, I'm not going to judge the project by the first episode. I, I think the, the, the intense level of, as we call it, retconning was pretty rad. Um, I, I think, you know, I was thinking the whole time months ago, at some point we were sitting around talking about, I, I mean, maybe been a year ago. I don't know when Boba returned in the Mandalorian and we had all these theories and we were pretty much spot on, mm-hmm. not knowing that he was going to get his own show. We were just like, how would they explain that he didn't die? And how would he, you know, and it all happened pretty much like scene for scene, word for word, what we kind of spelled out, what we thought our, our speculation was on how it would be. So I thought that was really fun to watch. Loved the throwback to um, to him holding his father's head in his hands. And yes. Visually incredible seeing actors walk into roles, Twilight roles and Trandoshan just walking in and sort of speaking with a normal voice or whatever local voice, you know what I mean? It was just, the more we get to see actors stepping into these roles, these different different species from different systems, I, I love that. I think, you know, we're just continuing this insane world building that's happening. Did you guys agree that even though we're back on Tatooine, it still felt new? Like it was, oh, like, yeah. You, you, yeah. you, yeah. Sh- so you saw fresh. new landscapes and new, you know, the two suns high in the sky. We've never seen that before. Yeah. Mm. An actual like oasis, like, party zone that's not just a shithole yeah. mm-hmm. you know yeah big, a bigger city Mo- yeah. Mos Espa right we saw that mm-hmm, yeah. and and then Tuscan Raiders having different costumes you know mm-hmm. yeah. you know different like tribes that. wear different clothes maybe that kind of thing I mean I love Favreau's vision for that kind of stuff how he's like I'm gonna take what I have to work with and expand on it so story wise I, I think I'm just kind of gonna wait and see because I, I I do think and you guys can go now and you know let me know how you feel about this I don't I don't mean it to be negative I just I did feel like it was sort of, you know, the four-armed monster in the desert. And personally, if this is a reaction, my first reaction, I, I would have liked a little more exposition, I think, a little mm-hmm. more story, settling us into what he's doing there. And uh, But I, but I think we're going to get that. So I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, judging the book by its cover, by the by the first episode. Um, and there was there was a hell of a lot to love. How about you, Nick? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not uh, far off from that, Ryan. I think that we're always going to have expectations on our shoulders as Star Wars fans. And when you get one thing a year, basically, the expectations are like multiplied. So we've been waiting for this for a year. And I felt like the vibe of the this being what we waited for for a year, the vibe of the first episode was an interesting vibe <laughs> because mm-hmm. it would have been there was no Baby Yoda moment. Like not that they should have replicated that reveal, but there was nothing even close to a reveal or a surprise. It was just, here's Boba Fett. Here's what he's doing today. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I liked all the flashback stuff. I thought the Sarlacc thing, I'm glad they didn't make the Sarlacc thing 20 minutes long. You know, like I think you, yeah, yeah. you just kind of like, he got out, big deal. You know, like we know he got out because we saw him in the Mandalorian, which means he escaped. We already know this. Here's sort of how he did it. So overall, I mean, I enjoyed it. It felt very familiar in the sense of... Um, visually how it was it just felt like the mandalorian to me 
even though, you know, we are in new locations and just the way it was shot and directed and written and the newness of The Mandalorian when we first saw it, that no longer is there for me. This seems normal now. This seems like what Star Wars is now to me, which I think is cool. There's there's some familiarity there. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you as far as like, I wasn't overwhelmed at any point with this. And I'm hoping that uh, however many episodes there are, I'm not totally sure how many there are. I hope they're all just straight bangers because this one was a lot of like, seemed like, I don't even know if this was a setup because tell me what happens next episode. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's, there was no cliffhanger or setup necessarily, not blatant anyway. So we'll see. I liked it. I wasn't overwhelmed by it. I'm excited to see where it goes for sure. I loved this so much. Despite, like you said, Nick, not having some huge reveal and mm-hmm. just kind of being like, this is how Boba Fett operates now. Here's a, a glimpse into a day in the life of a crime lord, mm-hmm. former bounty hunter, you know. But I found myself thinking as everything was revealed, as the onion was peeled back, so much more about Tatooine kind of just, you know, we're seeing more details, right? And I, I was just thinking, I love Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's some nostalgia. Maybe it's just like th- there's something to it. You know, it's like this this mysterious place in the desert, and then the way Mos Espa was revealed is this like city in a in a canyon. It just mm. looked so cool, and like all the stuff in the desert with the Tuscans is so cool. I love Boba Fett. I didn't used to care about Boba Fett, but now I love him. I love Tamara Morrison. I love Ming Na Wen. I'm su- getting super into the Tuscans as a as a species and a culture. Like I want to make a costume now. I'm all in. I want to make like a hundred props from this episode. Everything <laughs> that everyone had in, in their hands was the coolest shit I'd ever seen. And I thought it was really cool that they fully embraced, like they did in The Mandalorian a little bit, flashbacks and revealing parts of people's stories in ways that we haven't traditionally done in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like that, showing actual footage from an earlier time in Star Wars. I don't think we've ever done that, right? No. No. I, I, that was like hair stand up on the back of your neck. I mean, yeah. just to see the, the real thing incorporated in the new thing. Yeah. Not, first not to way. totally interject in your your what you're saying here, Adam, but was all of that Attack of the Clones footage previously seen? Something struck me different about it. Like I think it was a, a different reshoot? angle, like an alternate shot yeah. of yeah. Daniel Logan. It could uh-huh. have been something that didn't it was shot back then but didn't make yeah. it in the film. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It seemed like a higher which, angle. Which wouldn't surprise me. I feel like they would want to use that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about Camino? It's probably the same thing, right? Unless that was like a new rendering or something. I think it was a render, yeah, a newer okay. one. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took the stuff from the Bad Batch and just put higher res textures on it mm. and rendered it out like photo reel, you know? Yeah. That got me like right off the bat, like, oh, damn, mm-hmm. the shot, kind of the push into his face in the back to tank and then the dreams, amazing. I love that we're seeing, we're getting like just little, and, and well, I guess we'll learn this throughout the series, little bits of backstory and indication as to how Boba Fett became such a badass because he was known as this badass bounty hunter back in the day, but we never saw him do anything. And then we saw him show up in the Mandalorian and just rip, just like destroy. And there was a little bit of disconnection there for me. Like, was he this badass before? I don't know. (laughs) But now we're learning, like we're seeing him get kind of whooped by these Tuscans and he's going to end up being part of their tribe it seems like mm-hmm. and it seems like he will then learn how to fight like them and that's what took him to the level that we saw in the tragedy in season two of the mandalorian yep so that's dope the idea of a crime lord being called a daimyo mm-hmm, in, yeah. on tatooine is so sick more japanese influence mm-hmm. the monster was cool but goofy 
but cool because it was goofy. You know, the <laughs> yeah. six arm thing. Yeah, it I, looks, thought, I thought they pushed the, the, the CGI a little hard. Dude, there. I was wondering though, it seemed like they, they had made an actual physical prop. S- some shots looked practical and some did not. Yeah. But mm. like, I don't know, there were just some wide shots where it was like, it definitely felt like two steps back from what we've seen recently. I don't know. And I don't know why that is. It looked like straight Godzilla era Japanese kind of, and maybe that was deliberate. I, I don't know. I think it might have been. You know, yeah, I can't tell because even the the massives early on in this episode seemed a little mm-hmm. uh, jagged, like stop, not stop motiony, but you know what I mean. They seemed like yeah. they weren't moving so fluidly. I, yeah, I don't know if that's intentional or not. Let's see what else. The scope of the thing it reminded me of Rogue One in a way. Some of the establishing shots, how like Lawrence of Arabia wide, vast vibes and it seemed like the sets as well i'm interested to see the behind the scenes it seems like they built some big outdoor sets like especially in that chase with ming na wen and the assassins yeah yeah that's not all in the volume you know yeah no i was i was thinking that too because i guess I, I have examples of when i thought the volume actually stood out to me in this episode more so than season mm-hmm. one or two of, of mando and then there were th- times like that that whole parkour scene where i was like this has to be real like you can't yeah i mean i'm sure it isn't fully real but um yeah they must have done a little bit more set building i think you're right dude you said parkour 100 percent. they hired some <laughs> parkour dudes yeah. from youtube yeah <laughs> totally everything they were doing was so like and 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 that's one of those things I'll, I'll always go back to when we talk about star wars being for kids you know like we know mm-hmm. that for adults we knew it looked like just parkour kids from youtube but <laughs> i don't know six-year-old kid eight-year-old kid, they haven't if they haven't seen that they're just like blown away by these dudes yeah. climbing buildings and jumping from roof to roof you know what i mean so i think you got to keep that in mind with the four armed monster as well dude how many kids watch this episode and immediately went out and started jumping all over everything in their yard or in their yeah. you know in their parents driveway yeah that would have been me i was the kid who would always try to slide across my parents' hood because of Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it never worked. I tried to do that at school once, and I, I don't know how old I was, but definitely like grade school. I tried to do that on a folding table, and guess what happened? <laughs> it folded. <laughs> it folded. <laughs> Quieted That's this whole amazing. cafeteria. Never recovered from it. Been a loser ever since. That's how you turned emo, dude. You got so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Do we want to talk about anything else? Any more discussion before we get into a Den of Antiquities? Because there's some fun stuff here. The the one thing I would say just as like a talking point, kind of looking in like a, a foreshadowing sense, did they tell us right at the beginning the stuff he was dreaming about is gonna play a role in the season? Camino and his father. Because yes. we've, you know, we've for sure, at least when it comes to Django, talked about Mace being alive. So did right away, if him dreaming about Django means mace might be coming what does the camino dream have to do with dude what does that foreshadow because i have strong feelings about this yeah strong feelings camino could be like bare minimum could be rex could be bad batch who knows well let's save that for the the wrap up at the end we'll we'll make some predictions when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
The Den of Antiquities. Stranger in a Strange Land. The title. That's a biblical reference. Also, you know, something that's been used over and over throughout pop culture, music, movies, and everything else. But like a lot of Star Wars things, going back to holy texts and uh, ancient archetypes and things like that. So dope way to start it. How, how about the uh, him being literally born on a water planet and then literally almost dying on a desert planet? Yeah. That's for sure a strange land for him. Speaking of old tropes, the way that Boba is suited up by the droids, it's very royal, very, mm-hmm. um, you know, traditional, like, my stupid mind goes to coming to America. But oh, totally. The royal penis is clean, your highness. <laughs> exactly. I feel like I want all of those amenities, not because I want to be ro- like royalty, but because I'm lazy. I don't know why every day I have to like put shoes on and tie my shoes. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I have to put my shoes on. Again. So annoying. So annoying. <laughs> the Tuscans dragging Boba through the Tatooine desert is a reference to the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's actually, there's another shot. I just watched Everything is a Remix mm-hmm. on YouTube yesterday. And there was a reference to that in a different shot in Star Wars. I can't remember what it was, but oh wow. that movie is heavily referenced for sure. This next one, I saw this and immediately was number one sad and then was like, whoa, that's a sick deep cut. The Trandoshan that comes to Boba towards the beginning when they're all offering him, bringing him offerings and things, right? The Trandoshan brings in a pelt, like a, a hairy pelt. It looked like a Wookiee. For sure. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Like a dead Wookiee. <laughs> yeah, it's for sure like a Wookiee skin. and. That calls back to the Clone Wars where we learned that the Trandoshans are all, they're, they're hunters. They're just like nasty assholes mm-hmm. and they hunt Wookiees for sure. Yeah. Okay. They bring different species to this planet where they hunt them like predator style. I think there's another level to that too. I don't know if it's in Empire and or Return of the Jedi, but he, doesn't Boba have like some braids on him? Yeah, in, the, in his original costume. I feel like those, uh, I always see braids and I think Padawan, but I think they were like Wookiee hair, the braids he had. I'll have to double check that, but I think there's another layer to maybe why yeah. they were bringing Wookiee pelt. Mike or Kurt would know for sure, mm-hmm. they're, but they're trophies, basically. Yeah. There are, interestingly enough, a few leftovers, you know, a few people in Jabba's palace that were there in Return of the Jedi. One being 88, the droid, the torture droid, the one that talks like this, and Jabba's last protocol droid was, you know, that guy, the little asshole. He's the main one there. Max Rebo of the Max Rebo band is still alive, but he's at the, the sanctuary. Uh, Garza Whip, you know, the woman with the, the Twi'lek that they go to meet, right? At the, the club or whatever. That's it's kind of like the Paradise Club. Mm-hmm. He's there playing, right? Yeah, yeah. With a Bith, which who knows if that's figuring Dan. But did you notice, I haven't seen anyone say this yet. They're playing a remix of the Cantina song. Yeah. No, no one is talking about that. I mean, it's pretty subtle, but it's not like you don't really have to listen to it for more than two seconds to be like, oh, wait, no, that melody's in there. It's just a remix. Yeah, it's in genre at the very least. <laughs> There's also, you said that the droid playing drums, it's like a, an astromech playing, yeah, playing yeah. drums. <laughs> That's amazing. What's his name is still around? RX-24, the droid from Star Tours. Did you notice he's in the band or he's by the band? He, yeah, he was at a table with someone. It's not the, yeah. it's, yeah, he's from Star Tours, but he's not. It's the same type of droid, right? Yeah, that's different than the Rex that's DJing in Galaxy's Edge, right? Right, right. Yeah, okay. But the same model, I guess, basically, yeah, yeah. right? 
what else? Boba mentions going to Anchorhead, which Luke mentioned in A New Hope. There's a Rodian, the Rodian that Boba's tied up with in the flashback mm-hmm. when they're, they're digging for those, those little plants that have water in them. And Boba's like, hey, if you want to get out of here, I can do this and this. And he, he finally kind of like snaps back at him and says a bunch of stuff in Rodian. And he calls him a Slimo, just like Anakin uh, said in The Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. I didn't catch that. That's cool. Yeah. He's just kind of like thrown in the middle of everything he's saying. <laughs> this is interesting. This, this isn't necessarily relevant to this episode. This is something people noticed in The Mandalorian when Boba updated his armor. But it's relevant now, I guess, for his character development. The lines on the side of the helmet on the left side his left side. They were originally yellow. Now they're red, like kind of like a maroonish red. I did some digging because somebody mentioned this and I had to confirm it. Yellow apparently in Mandalorian culture for those lines, they're like, you know, marks for like kills basically, right? Mm -hmm. Yellow signifies vengeance. Red, which it is now, signifies honoring someone who has died. So he went from just being an angry dude out for revenge to someone who's now like Honoring his father. Yeah, Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. Like the tagline for the show. That's yep. obviously a huge shift yeah. in Boba's mental health. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, in the Den of Antiquities, this is my favorite thing that has happened in a long time in Star Wars. I hope this was intentional. I hope it wasn't just a coincidence because it's an obvious thing. But in Parks and Recreation, Patton Oswalt has a cameo where he's... There's this filibuster going on. Leslie Nope's trying to get something done, and the uh, the other party's filibustering the thing. So Patton Oswalt gets up and does this eight-minute improv thing, including, like, a bunch of, like, Marvel rewrites and, you know, ideas for the Star Wars sequels and all this stuff. And he says straight up, he describes exactly what happens with Boba coming out of the Sarlacc. And I'm going to play it right now. Pan down from the twin sons of Tatooine. Uh, we are now close on the mouth of the Sarlacc pit. After a beat, the gloved Mandalorian armor gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs onto the sand outside the Sarlacc pit, and the feared bounty hunter pulls himself from the maw of the sand beast. Okay, this is exactly... And we realize uh, that he survived his fall uh, during the battle at Jabba's uh, palace ship. Then do a hard cut... (laughs) Amazing. uh, He's the best, dude. Dude, he, he apparently like fully improv the whole thing on set. He's so good. <laughs> and that's it for the Den of Antiquities. There's a lot of other little stuff, but those are the big ones. All right, well, let's move on. I love you. I know. Favorite scenes, favorite quotes, favorite moments. Since we're reacting day of, we didn't have a poll for the patrons. It's not enough time, of course. Mm-hmm. So we're each just going to kind of give one or two, whatever. Favorite scenes, favorite quotes, or favorite moments? Ryan, you want to go first? Um, I will. I have to go with just the opening sequence, him him getting out of the Sarlacc. I mean, that, that's just like, again, I, I mentioned this earlier in the episode. We sort of called it almost exactly how it happened. Did uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, and I have to go back and find the episode, but weren't we talking about how even when, when he showed up, we're like, oh, well, it must be that he got out of the Sarlacc and then ended up with the Sand People because... He's kind of got yeah. the robe and the and the staff and stuff like that. Yep. You know, we said that. And so watching that, I mean, the flashbacks in general, but I was really on the, quite literally on the edge of my seat, like, whoa, this is happening when he was getting mm-hmm. out of the Sarlacc. And I'm so glad they gave that to us. You know, I think that was so much fun for them to make, probably knowing that we were all going to be like, oh, shit, this is happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. the, the, 
Attack of the Clones flashback was awesome. And yeah, I, I, th- I think the rest of the episode honestly was sort of a, a, a backslide for me because of how the old man in me, how excited the old man in me was for like the minute after Return of the Jedi just being on my television. That was yeah. just so freaking cool. It was like watching Rogue One in a way, you mm. know? Yeah. It's like right back in it. Um, I, I definitely dig the scene that came right after that. You know, he was on the throne and everyone was coming in and kind of all the aliens and were just coming in and offering him money and Wookiee pelts and all that stuff. And really the, the one thing I guess to look forward to out of this, like story-wise, is that Major Domo who expected Boba to give him money for his boss. So yeah. I was like, all right, there's a little bit of a a rift that's going to be coming up in the, in the future episodes. And at least if there's anything we could wonder about what's coming up is who that is. I mean, there's definitely theories that it's the Athorian that we've seen in the trailers, but who knows, maybe it's someone super secretive. Most of the trailer footage that we've seen so far is all from this first episode. So I think we have uh, probably at least six or seven more episodes of just fully unseen footage, which is great. I, I like that scene the most. I think it was it was kind of funny in some parts and then just interesting, you know, seeing a Trandoshan uh, speak English and then uh, bringing in those uh, faithful Gamorrean guards. I thought it was pretty yeah. cool. That, that was a good uh, little twist. So these Gamorreans, I think they said that they were faithful to like their last two masters, including Jabba. So Jabba and Bib, yeah. They came in through. They came through for... Uh, and save Boba and Fennec towards the end there. So I'll go with that scene. I think that's my favorite. I'm leaning that way too. Upon second viewing, aside from a few key moments, like <laughs> Boba literally vaporizing that one assassin up on oh, the, yeah, totally. the thing with his wrist rocket <laughs> and, you know, some stuff in the chase. Aside from that, it was for sure that that scene, like you're saying, with the, the bringing of the offerings, especially the kind of dynamic between Boba and Fennec. There's one specific quote, which I think will be, I'll call this my favorite. After the Trandoshan gives the offering and then says, um, says something like, um, I hope you'd never leave Mos Espa or something like that, right? And Boba Fett says, even when a Trandoshan pays you a compliment, it sounds like a threat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then when the Twilight comes in representing the mayor, he says, What? I'm the crime lord. He's supposed to pay me. Shall I kill him? He works for the mayor. Is that a no? That's a no. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought that was great. So before we wrap up here, predictions, thoughts, questions, what's coming up next week? What do you think? I think it's really hard to say. Like Nick said, there's no cliffhanger. There's no really indication of where it's going. I think that's really cool. Obviously, the flashbacks were really essential to this, to both maybe catching someone who has no idea what's going on. But I think this is pretty deep cut for just your casual viewer to watch, you know. But I think we're either going to get a series that leans hard into those, you know, few... Would you say it was about half and half with Bad Batch? Where it was like half this sort of through-line story with crosshair Mm -hmm. and everything and then half just... Adventures. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's either going to lean hard into weekly adventures, like... Boba sits on the throne and handles some type of uh, another Patton Oswalt. I don't know where in the world they're getting out of this bucket of syrup. (laughs) George Bush, Dick Cheney bit he does is so good. Like it's going to be this sort of, you know, every week there's going to be some new 
crime syndicate threatening his power or some type of smuggling run he has to do or take care of. I, I mean, I think we're going to get into that or there's going to be some kind of revealed through line that connects to the rest of the bigger picture in a big way. And I, I think right now it's impossible to predict which one it's going to be based on that first episode. Yeah, it's literally impossible. I have no idea. There's no... <laughs> I, I have no idea. I'm not I, I don't know reading, what that like, is. I've never seen that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously not reading spoilers because none of them actually seem real, but I think it's really exciting. I think we're in that territory of Mandalorian season two by the end of chapter 12. We had seen all of the footage from the trailers. So it was four unseen episodes and we just those were kind of the best ones too so i think we're in for some surprises which is why i'm being sort of patient and lax with how i felt about last night i'm happy that there was new star wars i'm happy we're talking about it now but that didn't seem like it it didn't push the overall narrative forward enough for me but i'm patient and i'm happy and uh i have no idea i'll just say uh i don't know darth vader shows up <laughs> in a flashback of course <laughs> i just spit yeah um that's my prediction i think we're going to get a lot of flashbacks mm -hmm. i think that's going to continue i'm hoping for ryan like you're saying a 50/50 of adventure of the week and a longer story arc well what's cool about that is there was zero indication of what the story arc part of it could be the the adventures of the week kind of thing can be any anything. It's it's you know yeah. it's cool. It could be anything. He's on Tatooine and he's you know he's running shit now. So it could be yeah all kinds of fun crime syndicate stuff. But if they are gonna reveal something that you know he discovers next week and that kicks us off into the rest of the season, like I have no idea what that could possibly be. I guess the first question is who commissioned the assassination? Was it the mayor? There you go. Was it somebody else? Now you're thinking. What's the symbol that those raiders or pirates painted on that desert home yeah. in the flashback? How long did the Jawas have Boba's armor before Cobb Vanth gets it? Do we see any of that as like a side thing? There's a lot of like fun little stuff that's kind of local that could happen. And then bigger stuff, talking about like big theories. There's some indication in the score at a key moment in the flashback. It sounds, and this is what people are saying, I haven't listened to it side by side, I haven't done the research myself but people are saying it sounds like the crimson dawn theme or like something about you know the score in solo mm -hmm. when the crimson dawn stuff is happening which means maul or kira i guess at this or kira point. yeah oh no maul's dead yeah maul's dead yeah because we're we're after jedi yeah mm -hmm. maul died when luke was a little kid yeah so it could be kira damn that'd be sick if she survived and she's just out there and she's now just like a crime boss lady that'd be that would be great and anything to do with solo it's just untapped yeah an untapped resource at this point here's the biggest one which we've talked about before the tuscan legends and the lore about the quote demon who came in the night and massacred all of them which was anakin means that there's a thing about jedi and lightsabers right they're scared of them it's it's in their like not their religion but you know it's part of their like cultural lore and Boba Fett's dad was killed by a Jedi, Mace Windu. This seems like an amazing opportunity for an intersection of all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, uh, my head's going to explode <laughs> in the best way possible. It's the one that says bad motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, 
at least we have uh, plenty of clips from previous episodes of us that we could play and just basically be like, yep, we were right. <laughs> See how smart we, we are? We are the best Star Wars podcast <laughs> of all time. And effective immediately, we're uh, tripling our Patreon rates. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we keep saying no speculation, <laughs> but what if you get everything right? And maybe we, maybe we should lean into that a little harder. <laughs> I mean, this is a reaction episode, so let's do it. All right, we're going to wrap it up because I'm basically dying. Get out of here, COVID boy. Yeah, get out of here. Patrons, thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you, the listener of this podcast right now, are not a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod and become a patron for a little or a lot, however much you want to support us. If you want to do the top tier, you can hang out and listen to us record this live. Regardless, at any level, we appreciate it. It really helps. You can follow us on social media at thankthemakerpod on Instagram, at thankthemaker on Twitter. All of my stuff is at Adam the Skull. Mine's at William Ryan Key. All my social media is at Nick Bayside, and I have no episode of the radio radio show this week taking off, but feel free. There's 26 episodes for you to go listen to and find some tunes. ThankTheMakerMerch.com is where you go to get Thank the Maker merch. And until next week, may the force be with you. 